The Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to 10 billion, I decided I'm gonna help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself. And not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting the journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. I like to start off by giving a shout out to all the people rocking with us and supporting the channel. We really appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 400 videos on our channel. You want to learn real estate? We got that. You want cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sebi? We got that. Travel lifestyle vlogs? Got it. You want makeup and hair growth tutorials? Got it. Basketball? Got it. It's everything us. All the parts of the journey that don't make it to YouTube will be on our story. You can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray. D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne. A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. The Bamboo Project is about turning your life into a living by making money off the things you already do every day. We made different playlists for all the things we are into and you can find all of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter 2, page 91 of this story. Okay, so the podcast has four different segments. We have the life update episode playback, Donovan's questions, and the topics of the day. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's date is December 14th, and it is 4.36 p.m. Before we get to the life update, the part that y'all hate the most, I'm going to do it every single week, regardless of if y'all watch it or not, because I care about y'all. So, we're going to do screen time. Because I know y'all be hating screen time. Y'all be like, oh my God, screen time. Yes. I'm going to hold a mirror up to y'all so y'all know how much y'all be on your phone. Okay? Every time you hit a podcast, you're going to know you use your phone too much. All right. So last week, my average was 7 hours and 28 minutes on my phone. Okay? For the whole entire week. And my most used app was YouTube for 11 hours and 50 minutes. My second was nine hours and three minutes with Instagram. And then my third was Safari with seven hours and 31 minutes. Okay. I used my phone the most on Friday, which was for 11 hours and 35 minutes, which is crazy because I don't even see Google Maps on here. What? Yeah. What happened on Friday? I don't know. I was using my mail app for two hours and 38 minutes. Instagram for two hours and 16 minutes and YouTube for an hour and 48 minutes. Okay. Now pickups, the amount of times I picked up my phone, the average amount of times I picked up my phone every day was 87. The most pickups I had in one day was Thursday, which was 111 pickups in one day. And then the least amount of pickups I had was 70, which is on Sunday. And then the least amount of time I was on my phone that day would be, uh, Wednesday for five hours and 21 minutes. That day I was seemed to be on deal machine for an hour. So I don't know if that means I was driving for dollars or what, but Melissa. Yes. What is your screen time for last week? My screen time for last week. My average is six hours and 46 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, my highest day was Sunday for 10 hours. No. Nine hours and 53 minutes. Um, Three out of those hours was Google Maps. Mm. Um, let's see. For the week, my most used app was Google Maps, but not for nine hours. Then Instagram for eight hours. Then Safari for eight hours, which makes sense because I did a lot of reading last week. Oh, yeah, facts. We're going to bring it up on the podcast. You was a lot of reading last week. All right, what's next? That's it? Um, my pickups, 119 average and... Wednesday, I have the most pickups of 160. My total amount of pickups is 830. Mm. And my first use app after I pick up my phone is music. Um, there's one more thing I was going to say, too. Oh, my total screen time was 47 hours mm. and 23 minutes. Okay.
this is another one of those weeks where I'm I just been kind of focusing on what's ahead of me as opposed to kind of uh I guess looking backwards if you could say so when I have weeks like that it's I really forget what happened during the last week. Like our life can sometimes get to a point where we are doing so much. Things just happen and come up and we're just like, oh, my goodness. Like a lot of things are happening. So I I know I'll kind of obviously go through that through life update. It's all happened in one week. So during the last week, y'all already know that we have a car. And the only reason we got the car was for Turo. And. When we first got the car, we were switching insurances back and forth between a lot of different companies, right? We probably had our insurance switched like four times. So we have been switching back between different insurances. We were canceling insurances, getting new insurance plans, and so on and so forth, right? So somebody, uh, the guy from, from Philadelphia, he put me on to an insurance company for Turo that has like a really cheap insurance. We only pay like $50 or $70 for insurance. It's ABI, American Business Insurance. It has to be for a fleet of cars. So pretty much, you know, like I said, it's $50, $60. So that's amazing. <coughs> I think it's ironic too, because he watched a video recently from uh, Mod the God. Uh, it's on YouTube. And he had a similar situation to some degree. Um, so we definitely, uh, have been rocking out with this $50 insurance situation and there's something called gap insurance. Now people who have cars will probably know what this is. People who don't may not, cause I still don't really know what this is. It seems as though gap insurance would be to cover you if you are, if there's a lapse between one insurance that you have and the next insurance that you have, right? I believe in New York, which is one of the craziest or weirdest states when it comes to insurance. And this is based off every single person we've talked to in the insurance companies. Everybody, oh, you in New York? Oh, oh yeah, you gotta, definitely gotta get on top of this because you know, they don't play out there. They really on top of this and that. You make sure you have this and go there and do this. So I'm like, okay. So now, uh, we recently just got, I mean, it's not recently, we got in the mail that they are trying to suspend our registration and they want us to turn in our license. However, we have insurance. We've been paying insurance. So they're saying by the 18th, we have to turn in our registration and our license and our plates. And if we don't, I guess they'll be suspended. Um, but we have bookings after that. So I ended up calling the insurance company to find out what's going on. And they said they already sent the information to the DMV. DMV has sent us multiple letters. Like this has not been sent in. They don't have anything. So now we are in a situation where we're just kind of waiting, hoping that the insurance company is either legitimately sending this out and not even that also making sure that whatever they are sending out is appropriate for New York, because we may find out that they go, oh yeah, we sent that out. And New York is like, yeah, they sent it out, but that's not what we need. We need this document. And then we call the insurance company like, oh, you need that document? Yeah, we can't give you that. So that's kind of where we at right now with the insurance. So we have two bookings, and we have one booking for the rest of the year as of this point. Now, as far, oh, the reason why I said the mod the God thing is because he recently had a situation where, again, he's a YouTuber. We went to school uh like in high school or something like that so he recently had a situation with the police where it's a funny video where he had got arrested and his license was suspended and his registration was suspended and he had weed in the car and he was speeding all in one all in one situation it sounds crazy like he said in the video he saw the cop thought he was gonna try and get away from the cop so he said you know if i speed up real quick maybe they won't see me the cop saw him to make matters worse he tried to get low and go off the highway before the cop got him the cop pulled up behind him in the drive in the in the gas station and then after they pulled up in the gas station they gave him a, a they, they said hey you know your uh license is suspended and they said what that's when he found out his also registration was suspended then they checked his bag found out he had weed so it was just it was just crazy so i think it's ironic that uh you know we may possibly have ours suspended so uh, and this also kind of ties in something I want to talk about later as far as how guys approach situations and how girls approach situations. They may, I don't know. Maybe it's a guy versus girl thing. I don't know. It might be. But um, I'll bring it up later. 
So I want to talk about the Turo situation. So we definitely have gotten some more bookings with Turo, right? Turo is doing very well for us in terms of um, the utility of it as far as us getting a lot of bookings, right? We have been getting one day bookings. We probably have gotten three of them and maybe and one of them canceled. So we are just trying to build up our profile for Turo. So last Friday, right, we got a booking. We got a booking on Friday at like 1030 at night for Sunday, the, the Sunday that just passed for one day, right, from 5:30 a.m. to 10 p.m. That was a one-day booking, right? So I'm like, damn, that's crazy, because one-day bookings, we really don't make any money. Like we, I found out, well, I didn't find out. I did some math real arbitrarily, or I won't say arbitrarily, but like kind of just generally, and we pretty much lose money on every one-day booking. The reason why is because Melissa and I both will spend fifteen dollars to go to, um. Is it, is it each? Let me see. If I spend, for me to get out there, it's $4.50 plus $3. That's $7. That's $15. So it's $15 each, $7.50 each. Let's say $8 each going out there, right? So for both of us, we're spending about $16 to get out there. And that's if we're going during the weekend when they have like a discount on the train. So $16 to go out there, drop the, to come back from dropping the car off. And then another $16 to go back out there to pick up the car. We're looking about $30, right? So right now the car is at $80. That's the uh, price for the car, $80 a day. So Turo takes 20% of that, depending on what insurance plan we're on. Right now we're on the 80-20 plan. So we made like $63 on that trip. So we spend 15 going, 16 going, 16 coming back. That's $32 out of the $60. Off top, we down to $30 now, right? We usually get the car washed every single time. That could run us between $18 and $25. Let's just call it an even $20. So now we're at $52 just getting the car to go out there and washing the car. And then we like to give a little, you know, a couple of snacks and treats for the car. So what we'll do is we will uh, we'll get gum. We'll get hand sanitizer, maybe some masks, some uh, disinfectant wipes, and some candy, some Skittles or something like that, and then water. You know, that probably comes up to about seven dollars eight dollars so we're at well let's say we're at sixty dollars right so we make either 63 to 69 dollars on that trip right we just already spent 60 just to get the car out there right now we also people have been bringing the car back and not filling up the tank to where we left it that's happened probably about three out of our five trips possibly right so now if we account for that we're losing money every time we fill up the car after that so one day bookings are not it. However, they do help the profile because we do get some very good reviews. I put them on the screen because you know, listen, we are, we are, we listen, we care about our people that we that we uh that use the car. Okay, so we try to make sure that every experience with them is amazing and it seems to be working. Friday we get that booking. It's like ten thirty. I'm like, damn, we got a one day booking. Fuck, it's at five thirty in the morning. It's even harder because now we got to either leave the car out there the day before or drive out there at three o'clock in the morning. Right, those are two options. In like 25 minutes, we get another one-day booking for Saturday, the day after Friday. And I'm like, bro, this is crazy. So they wanted the car at 10 a.m. Mind you, it's already like 10.30 right now when we got the booking. It's 10.30 p.m. We got the first booking. The second one comes in. I'm like, okay, this is going. now this makes it really complicated because we have to now get the car to this person by 10 a.m., which means we have to get it cleaned and driven to Jersey by 10 a.m., Get all the stuff for it, which means the water, the Skittles, the disinfectant wipes, the hand sanitizer, everything for it, and drive out there and then come back. And then they're going to bring the car back at 11 o'clock at night. Now, hopefully, they bring it back clean or to some degree clean because if they don't, we absolutely have to get it washed again for the car, for the, the not the car, the guest on Sunday at 5.30 a.m. So this is something that, you know, uh, I guess we're learning as far as tour goals with having one day bookings. It's definitely something I probably will not do once we have enough bookings. And then once we have more cars, I'm just going to be like, listen, we're not doing one-day bookings. Honestly, let me say this. I think one-day bookings wouldn't be bad for us if the car was, like, near where we were at. Like, if somebody was going to a parking lot that we own and we left the car there, we could keep the extra $30. 
like it stays in our pocket. So we're technically making a lot of money. We only will be spending like $8, maybe, you know, $25 in terms of gas and the snacks that we put in the car. So let's say, I think Turo, I like, I like Turo. I think we're, it's, it's going well for us. Um, but thank God, because I just want to say that person canceled the trip on Saturday. So, and I made sure that I, I was like this, I'm blocking out Saturday because I don't want nobody booking the car again, because we already doing a lot. Melissa's selling candles. She's making candles. We got videos to edit. We are wholesaling. We are doing YouTube related things. We still have a life here. We have cats. Stuff. We got stuff to do. So I'm like, you know what? If we don't have to do this one day booking, it don't make sense for us to try and finesse this crazy. Let me just block this day off because the person said they were going to try and rebook the car. Uh, under a different name i'm like okay sure go on me as soon as he canceled it i just blocked that day off so then the following week we went to my on my mom's house and i think that night which was i guess that was was that yesterday yesterday actually i guess it was but i'll tell you i don't even know i don't be knowing what days i don't be knowing yesterday we went to my mom's house we got another booking for new year's that was for two days so like i said tour was good this month alone we've had one to we've is anybody booked the, was that the right now we've had right now we have two bookings one that we did one that's upcoming and we had two that were canceled that's potentially four bookings in one month which is perfect for us because we want the car to be booked out 15 days four bookings is pretty close one booking is going to be seven days the other one was two days and then we had two one days so we're going to about 11 12 days which is that seems fine to me um so like the tour was good, and like I really think once we get a lot of cars, we could really run this up. I think we figured out. Uh, I think we're doing well, and I think we could definitely make a lot of money with this when we have more cars. So I'm I'm happy with that. Now it's uh, next on my life update is the virtual assistant hiring situation. So shout out to Melissa, I, bro. I, I thought you lived in Pennsylvania. I've been saying this for like mad long. She's in Jersey. So she hit me up on in the in the comments in one of my in the last video, and she was like, "Yo, listen, you want to be a? Let me see, I think it was a transaction coordinator or a disposition. I gotta find the exact term that she used for it. An acquisition manager. So I'm not exactly sure what an acquisition manager does. I have an idea. I'm pretty sure they have to like talk to the leads once they're qualified, and then try and get the contract written up. Which, in my opinion, I think that is my strongest suit. Like, if I want to follow somebody. It's very easy for me to talk to them, right? It's a, it's even easier to talk to them if they already understand what the phone call is about, as opposed to me calling them out the blue. That makes it a little bit harder. So it makes it a little bit harder, but not as much. If somebody's already called them, figured out they want to sell a property, listen, what? I could talk to the person for three hours. They may be my best friend after the phone call. So, and I think it's funny too because in the email that I have, the the bottom of it. That's what I call myself. I call myself an acquisition manager. Like that's the name I put on the uh, what is it called? The signature. So I think it's funny that that's what uh you know she asked me to do. So I got to email her back. Definitely, like I'm excited for that. She said we could split it 50 50 any wholesale deals that come through. I'm like I bet. So in that meantime, or in over the last week, I finally got to hire my first like virtual assistant, like a actual assistant. Been training him uh, on how to do calls. He does. He does well. He listens very well. Like we, he's very um, teachable. So I'm excited. And of course, in anything that the Bamboo Project does, there always has to be a little twist to the things that we do. You, we can't. Ha we couldn't call it the Bamboo Project if we didn't have a little something. So for the most part, everything was going good, right? He's in the Philippines, right? Shout out to my guy. And he was making some calls today, right? And I just found this out today that there's a typhoon hitting philippines so mid call he's like yeah you know i can't make any calls because we're having a typhoon coming i'm like oh that's kind of crazy like you know is it bad he's like yeah it's really bad i'm like damn is it really bad he's like yeah so then he lost internet so now he can't make any phone calls i'm just like i'm like bro I'm like, the typhoon couldn't hit next year it couldn't wait till i got a deal it could have wait a couple of months like mind you his first day was friday today is tuesday so in the first three days, and honestly, the first day was kind of like just training and understanding what it is because he used to just do 
surveys and calls for people who are doing surveys. He wasn't actually doing real estate. So it's cool because, like I said, before he's very teachable, he was offering to watch videos about real estate to learn about the lingo and the vernacular that they use so that he can be better on the phone. He was offering to even study the script over the weekend when he's not being paid. So I'm like, this is great. So that was the first day. It was mostly just him watching videos on like how to cold call and real estate conversations. Monday was our first like kind of good like first day. We still were kind of going back and forth. I would send him like 25 leads. I would listen to them after he did it and do a little coaching and then send another 25, another coaching. So I'm like, all right, bet. So it was good. So today I sent him like a nice, you know, large batch. And honestly, he be calling a lot of people. Like for one person, see somebody's calling me right now, which means he probably calling somebody. I think his service came back in. He's probably calling somebody and they're calling me back. So like I said, this is great. This is my life I've been trying is to just free up as much time as I can get. That's what I really want to do. So hiring him has become a huge weight off my shoulders because for calling the amount of people I would have to call, he's probably doing like 300 calls a day, right? And I'm talking about like numbers because one thing I learned, I learned too is this. People tend to talk about cold calling where they say leads and calls. If you call one lead, it might be seven property or seven numbers, right? So that's seven calls. I got to sit there for each call, for every voicemail. It's kind of like, you know what? I really just rather not even deal with this situation. Um, so like I said, he's calling them. He's knocking them out. He's doing, like I said, 250, 300 calls. In a, in, but before the, the work day is even finished. And I'm just like, bruh, I'm giving him the script. The script is working fine. I think there are some nuances. I think that it could be tweaked a little bit, but... In the first three days, I would probably say that, which is kind of crazy when I, when I look back on it, I think there are probably, I would probably say there are six people that I should reach back out to, to at least understand more if they want to sell, because his voice doesn't sound like he's from here, so I think that's a barrier when it comes to talking. Um, so... Some people seem like they want to sell, but they're kind of hesitant. So I would just call them back and see. But I think there's at least six and there's probably at least two people that want to sell. So I just have to kind of figure out the right numbers for them. But it's only day three. And I haven't even been able to really drive for dollars to give him leads. Yesterday, I just pulled some leads off of PropStream. So, you know, for all of my wholesaling folk out there. So like I said, that's it's been great. So we got we going this week. We're paying him $10 an hour um, for 40 hours a week. So, you know, that's kind of where we at with that. Um, and I definitely see us getting a deal. I see it. I just, if I can drive for dollars every day and then get him the leads, I, I guarantee we're going to get a deal or get a property on the contract. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he just texted me today and said that somebody actually wants to buy property and don't have anything to sell. So that's a buyer we just found right there. Um, so that's where we are with that. Now, recently, I know I talked about, uh, this fact checker thing. I may remember, I may not. I brought it up because I said that my mom has sent me an article before, right? About how the 10,000 people have died in the house from fact checkers, right? And that was me. The reason I brought that up is because I was thinking, or I said on the podcast, hey, I've never even seen an article. I've never heard anybody talk about it. I've never seen it reposted, never seen it online, anywhere that somebody said, hey, people are dying in the house from the, what do they call it? The uh, the C-19 covers. That's what my guy, uh, R. Islam, calls it. Rizza? Rizza Islam. That's what he calls it, right? So I'm like, how is this thing so deadly? People, are, people should be dying in their house, but they're not. So obviously somebody here is lying. Like, I think you go to the hospital and that's where you're going to die if you go to the hospital, not in your house. I think your immune system has the ability to fight it itself for the most part, for the majority of people. Um, but I think going to the hospital would cause a lot of the death. So let's put that to the side. I had told her that. So like two days later, she sent me like a fact checker thing. Like, oh, fact checker. And they said it's a myth that that's not real, whatever. I was like, okay. I didn't necessarily say that it's true, but I felt like at least now I have another source to go and contradict what I said, which is good. Like if it can, if it can contradict what I said or be an opposing thought to what I said, that's fine because at least I know there's something out there that's like that in this situation. Recently, I saw a fact checker that said, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but just for you know conversational sake, it was something along the lines of 
uh, Bill Gates did not have a relationship with Epstein, right? Fact checker says that's a fact. And I was just like, wait a minute. That's not a fact. Like, that's not like, how can you definitively say that's a fact when there's pictures of them conversations? Like, how can you say that? That was just like, mm, I don't really know about that. That's kind of strange. So I just said, okay, that just let me know that fact checker is not uh, as valid as I thought it was. So then today I'm on Instagram and the Rizza Islam guy, I think his name is Rizza. I don't know if it's Rizza Islam or Rizza, but let's call him Rizza. He posted a repost of Breitbart. Is it Bright? No, no. I think it's Breitbart. And they said that Facebook admitted in court that fact checker is an opinionated fact checker. It's a it's an opinion based fact checker. It's not based on any actual uh, real facts. It's just people or third party's opinion on whether or not something is true. So I just want to bring that out because I've been talking about the fact checker thing for a while, and I just think it's kind of odd or ironic or coincidental that that would come up. So listen, I used to I didn't think fact checker was real, but now I definitely look at it with a side eye because before I was like, okay. It exists. They're like, okay, it seemed kind of funny. And now I'm like, oh, they just be f- straight capping on Fat Checker. So I'm like, all right, bet. I'm definitely not going to put that much weight into that. Um, so the next thing in my life update I want to bring up was my license. So, bro, y'all don't understand how something that's as simple as filling out a form, passing a test, becomes these long ass processes when you put the bamboo project in front of it like it just automatically becomes a hurdle i really think god look at it and be like oh you gonna try that well he rub his fingers together like Birdman and just sprinkle a little bit of uh uh spiciness on it and go let's see how you figure that out so i've been waiting about two weeks now probably to get my license right i've been submitting an application fill out the paperwork I can talk to brokers in the virtual world, which I think I showed on a video last week. I have a sponsor who I'm in a Discord with, which is like a group chat. We talk. I'm like, where's my license at? I'm on the. I look on the, the profile, my page. It says that it's in, it's pending or whatever the case is, or it's supposed to be pending. I go to the broker in the virtual world. They're like, yeah, we don't even see that on here. I'm like, yo, yo. So now. Nobody knows where it's at. So I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I got to take this in my own hands. I'm going to call the state and figure out what the fuck is going on. So I called them. And I'm telling you, she's in Philadelphia, I believe, or Pennsylvania. She is the best. I don't know if you want to call, kind of call. She's called customer service. I don't know if she's called, like, representative. I don't know what she would be called. But she is by far the best I've ever dealt with. This woman stayed on the phone with me for, like, an hour and a half. And I'm talking about on the phone for an hour and a half, making sure that I had all of my documents submitted in the right place at the right time to the right people. So now shout out to EXP for this, because this, this virtual world thing came in handy real quick. Like, so as I'm on the phone, damn, my nose acting up. Fuck. As I'm on the phone with her, I think her name was Queen Debbie. She said, let her know. She, she said that. If I ever call back and to speak to her, just say Queen Debbie because they're going to know who she is. I'm like, I bet. So I, I'm going to give her a 100% positive review. She's amazing. So as I'm on the phone with her, though, right, I'm walking through the EXP world because I'm trying to find a broker I talked to before. So she's talking to me and she, I was like, listen, hold on one second. I got to go find a broker. So mind you how crazy this is. I walked around the virtual world. I found my broker. And I put the broker on the phone with the lady or Queen Debbie, right? So there are, she's talking to her as if we're in the same room. She honestly thought that I was at the office talking to her. And I'm like, listen, I'm not in the office. I'm in my house. She's probably in her house. And we're, we're talking to this computer right now. So they were able to figure out what the problem was. But when I tell you I'm talking about, like, Debbie, was, she was logging in. She logged into my account with my password. I'm like, hey, you know, here you know, figure this out, do this, do that. And she was able to, she was able to like get everything, put everything in the right spot. Like everything, I'm, I'm, listen, 
I don't think you understand because I can't even articulate how helpful she was because I would submit it. She would say it's not submitted correctly. Um, she would say, okay, try this, try this, try that. It wouldn't work. Say, okay, try this, try this, try that. It wouldn't work. And she was very understanding of the whole time. She didn't have no problems or anything. And it was just amazing. And we finally got it done. So I was able to get it submitted. I went back to talk to the broker in the virtual world while they was on the phone and explained to them, okay, hey, now here's how crazy this is, right? So the, the virtual world broker was able to, in the virtual world, was able to pull up on her computer screen in the virtual world, which I could see, right? They kind of pulled up on a wall technically, but she's able to screen share her computer on the wall in the virtual world for me to see that my name has now showed up on the database for me to get my license. So now I'm just waiting for the email over the next couple of days, I can, I'll finally have the official license. Like I, I, I passed my test, got a background check, did everything. I will finally have the official license, hopefully before the next podcast. Like I'm hoping before the next podcast, because all I want to do is just be able to say I'm a realtor when I call people. That is, there's only two reasons I wanted the license. So I could say I'm an agent when I call somebody to um, disarm them, make them feel more comfortable. And then, so I can look up and use the MLS. Those are the only two reasons. That's literally it. You know, we have that. So I'm waiting to hear back and we're going to see what's going on with that. Um, another thing too with life update. Yeah, I know I pulled up a, fin a finesse recently where I was capitalizing a business. So I took the credit, the money they gave us. <laughs> I took my credit card money off my credit card, right? And then I put it back on my credit card. And then I called the credit card company and said, hey, I paid off my credit card. I want to increase. And they were like, okay, cool. So they gave me an additional $2,500. So that's extra $2,500 we didn't have before to put towards the house. And like I said, to me, it's just crazy because we're just recycling money from this account to that account. And people are saying that we're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it was like, we really are not. So I just think that that is totally crazy. And it almost got us $120,000 because I got a text yesterday and the person was like, you, we can get you 120K if you pay back 147K over the next 12 months. So I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. Like, all right, but you know, I'm thinking I already have three loans out. I'm not probably gonna get approved for that. So whatever. Today, we get a, a, a text and it says, hey, I got you approved. So now I'm mad hype. I'm like, yo, we're gonna get $120,000. Like, yo, this is crazy. Like, I, yo, that would literally change our entire life right now because uh, we could pay for the house. We could pay off our credit card. We have enough money to move. We could, we, bro, on, on doing all three of those things, give us more money and we can put it into hiring people to help us with what we're doing. We could buy, it's, it's just so much that that 120 would have helped us. But as I say, would have is because he said, you're approved for the money. And I said, oh shit, we're approved. So we was in the house. I was trying to contain myself. I'm like, yo, this is so crazy. Like, what the fuck? Oh my God, we're gonna have 120K deposit into our account. <sighs> I get a text like an hour later. He said, yes, you are approved for $6,000. And you have to pay back $255 a day for 35 days. And I'm like, fam, why the fuck would I take that? Why would I want $6,000? What am I going to do with that? And I got to pay you back every day for 35 days. That's not even that long. Like, I won't even have the money for that long. So I'm like, I'm not doing that, bro. Like, that's crazy. And then whenever they give you the money, they take out all these fees on top. So I won't even get six. I might only get like $4,500. So I'm going to get $4,500. I got to pay back $8,000. i am like, bro, this is just ridiculous. Like, this is just ridiculous at this point. So you definitely just kind of, you know, knock that off. I said, nah, bro, I'm good on that. Maybe, you know, down the line, if it gets, things come, you know, get crazy, maybe. But at this point, no. Y'all know that we are doing a lot of things on this. I keep talking about Melissa's candles, okay? Melissa, how many candles have you sold so far? You think you've sold? Sold. Probably, I'd like to say, like close to twenty. Like twenty candles, right? We got these small candles. We got there, there, there are three. But then I could say pounds and grams. Both of those are ounces. Three ounces, and we have a twenty ounce, right? Yeah. Twelve. It's twelve. Oh, the reason I said twenty is because of the three, um. The three ounce candles, they last 20 hours. 
to burn, right? Which is crazy. And then the 12 ounce ones last 60 hours. So people have been buying them up like four at a time. And I feel like you sold more than 20. Uh, I definitely think you sold more than 20. I sold, I sold like, I sold five. You sold three twice. How many orders you had online? Six in person, I think. Uh-huh. And online, I think I sold 11 units. Uh-huh. Yeah, so right now, I'm just trying to figure out how to get into a, a, a craft fair. And so, do you know which one you're going to do or how you're going to do it? Like, do you... It's, the craft fair thing is really difficult because it seems that that's something that you have to do kind of, like, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And the time period that, I, like, if everything was perfect that I would have done that, I didn't even know I was going to be making candles yet. Mm-hmm. So, everything's booked out for the rest of the year for, like, bigger fairs. And then for the smaller fairs, I still have to kind of figure out like how it works because even then they still need some time in advance before i can do it so right now mm-hmm. i'm trying to look at fairs that i probably do in january or february but then after that we, you know we're supposed to be leaving so yeah i can't really look for anything too too in advance yeah that's true yeah, yeah i'm start looking for some in georgia yes yeah, so i appreciate atlanta that's crazy you can have your appraisal license too that's crazy um Oh, is there like a time limit? Like a year? Like background check, yeah. Oh. So I, that's something you probably have to, I'd have to do before I leave. I oh, that's true. Yes, like I said, yeah, if y'all want candles, listen, I know that y'all like candles. I did not know how much I like candles, but I know that people like them. Melissa selling candles has shown me that a lot of people like candles. So she actually bought some new flavors for the candles. Which she has, Have you made any candles with those flavors yet? No, because I wasn't sure... I want to go about it because remember I do want to kind of expand into other products so for that one I might make it a different type of candle or use that scent for a different product entirely mm, okay listen y'all see Ember Candle Coast companies the links will be in the description and that's what it is for now it's going to be something else it's going to be more from the probably just Ember maybe something I don't know maybe I don't know if it'll be cosmetics. I feel like that's, I don't know. It would be Ember something or whatever she comes up with. I don't know what it will be, but I like Ember as a name because it's her name, like M-B-U-R, Ember. So um, I'm going to keep you updated on that to see what that goes. And there's two. Oh, yeah. So there's three more things in life update. Uh, I guess two more things in life update. We went to Philly last week, which again, like I said, it's so crazy. Like we edit the podcast. The podcast gets shot on Tuesday. It's edited on Wednesday. And then we went to the thing on Thursday. And then we did the, we had to take the car to be on Saturday. It had to be taken um, to be booked. And then it was picked up. But no, the car was dropped off on Saturday and it was picked up Sunday night. And honestly, we would did something on Friday too. I don't know if we went shopping. We were doing something on Friday. I don't know we because we were out of the house. I feel like on on Friday. So I know I went to my mom's house one of the days, but. Bro, probably yeah. So I'm just like it's just so much. It's so much happening. So I like I, I snap my fingers in the podcast here again. I'm like, damn, bro, this hot. we just recorded yesterday. So, you know, we was in Philly. The house is coming together now. I I honestly. I'm kind of a little slightly annoyed because he told me that there will be an inspection coming. Um, and that was during Thanksgiving. He sent me a picture. Let me see when he sent me that picture. Um, Tom, uh, well, the contractor. Um, because on November 25th, I said, what day are you scheduling for the roughing inspection? He said he's waiting for the holiday. As soon as he's back, he's going to schedule it. I said, happy Thanksgiving. Everything, that was on Thanksgiving. So then last week, Thursday, I said, good morning. How's everything going? He said, waiting for the mechanical permit. The contract did, did not pull it yet. So that was November. Like, that was Thanksgiving. That was almost three weeks ago, I feel like. And there's no permit being pulled. So I'm trying to figure out how much, like, when is it going to be pulled? What, how much time? Is the house gonna take to be finished after it's pulled? Because when we went there, it looks really nice. Like it looks like a house. Like if I feel it feels like a house to me, right? And we don't have insulation and we don't have um drywall, nothing like that, no finishes, but it feels like a house. It's starting to feel like that. So I'm like, okay, good. 
but we don't have the actual machine that pumps in the heat and pumps in the the, the air or whatever so we're just kind of waiting on that but i we under we have a time constraint because the money that we have is on borrowed time like the money that we have is not for us it's for them so we're gonna need them to wrap this up and you know get closer to the finish line um but like i said i was coming together it's definitely i liked it it was cool we was in there like I said, I might, I probably posted on our story. It probably wasn't our story. If anybody who's following me on Instagram will probably have seen it on mine on Melissa's story. Um, and I'm thinking about actually adding some highlights to the page. Like, I could have a bunch of highlights in the bottom. I feel like I should have more. Like, I don't have enough videos in the highlights. So, I'm going to try and fix that. And then the last of life update is uh, we just have mad videos. So, anybody that's watching this that asked me for a troll video, they will be out before the next podcast. I've already done five, I think, or maybe six. I had like 10 to do, so we try, I'm trying to get all of them out. I'm going to post them all at once, and then I'm going to be done doing tour videos for a very long time because they take so much time to do, and people ask them so often. It's like, I can't, I can't, they don't make enough money for me to do them at the rate that people are asking for them. So they they make the channel, they're growing the channel, which is good, which is, you know, I hope to kind of spread to other market people to see how to do it, but we still have bills. Like, we still, you know, we fight. What, what R. Kelly say? I'm fighting for my life. Like, that. We still in fighting phase. It may look like we're not fighting, but we still are, you know, still fighting. We tussling. So, we have those videos that are coming out. And then, before the end of the year, I really want to get out at least, it's technically three videos. One update for Turo. And then two YouTube videos about our YouTube journey. That's what I really want to get out before the end of the year. That's two weeks now. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I know. Listen, the year is going by too fast. It needs to slow down. People want to hang out. Oh my god. That's what I'm saying. And then, bro, it's family. People gonna be calling me. I got. I'll be on the phone for a couple hours. I still gotta sleep. I gotta drive for dollars. I gotta talk to the assistant. I gotta edit other videos. I gotta still do the podcast. I gotta go to the house. I gotta deal with. That's something like. I about my goal is to get them out. By the end of the year, and that is my goal. So not even nah, get them years. finished, done, edited, and out by the end of the year. That's my goal, and going to twenty twenty two fresh, with nothing other than wholesale. Like just focus on getting that. That's what my goal is. Um, so that's it for life update. Um, episode playback. So I did not listen to the podcast today because I was driving for dollars, and I really just wanted to kind of listen to um people wholesaling and cold calling things like that so i just and then other than that the week's been crazy um but we did shoot the podcast last week on monday which i did not bring up the reason it was shot on monday last week is because melissa had a pa job which is production assistant and again for y'all who know it's always gonna be funny to me when i say it because there's like two podcasts where we was almost scammed like they tried to catch us slipping like they tried to catch melissa to hey send us a check we're gonna send you money back and this is her first gig and then she went from that to roaches and she was doing all types of like 45 dollars a day jobs for the whole day and now she's making 220 250 a day for the jobs so it's just like i just think it's funny every time i think about it whenever she gets booked for a job it just it's just crazy so last week the show or the, the work was on tuesday so we shot on monday so she could work on tuesday yeah i gotta work on saying the instead of duh and i it's crazy because i listened to one of the podcasts last week when i was editing it editing it and i did not notice i did not think i was gonna say duh and i just kept saying duh <laughs> and i'm just thinking like that's crazy like i thought i was gonna really say the and i just said duh and i'm like what so i don't know what that is here's my thing i heard a video a long time ago by um yes brother polite shout out to melissa brother polite right and he talked about how the english language for black people to speak is not natural and he actually was saying that it cuts off like in some way it cuts off your 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 throat and your passage is how you speak and it's not very guttural right and it kind of also attributes to, I believe, the feminizing of men. I think it takes away from how the voice is supposed to sound. If you study, if you study the languages of other countries, mm-hmm. that comes into play too. What? Like how we talk. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think it might be like with like 
like me speaking, I think it's Cantonese or Mandarin. Like they the way that you do your voice is yeah. completely different. And that's right. And with us, we don't really speak like that. So, and they, I've, I think I've heard that it's really hard to learn English, or I think it's really. It's hard to learn another language if you learn English first. I think that's what they said, or speak another language, because of how the the language constricts your voice. So, I I believe that the way that my natural, let's say, my natural vocabulary includes a lot of words that have "guh," "duh," like it has a lot of like it has a lot of throat sound, like like girthy sounds to it so i personally believe that that's why people speak a certain way when or, or have a certain um dialect of speaking in english and i think it's funny too because even if you hear people who are like let's say african and they speak in english it they still i see i just said day instead of they day day see that's what i'm saying that's what that i just did it again Duh is definitely a tie to roots somehow because I'm pretty sure African cultures there is a lot of duh speak like a lot of like words sound like that duh duh I feel like like African like a like uh, when I say duh like that but when I say the it's like mad not me it just sounds weird but you know technically we speak in English. And I think it's funny, too, because people who are born here in America or wherever you speak English will assume that because you grew up speaking English, that is the language you're supposed to speak. In fact, it's not right. So here's what I mean by that. Here's why this is crazy to me. We don't look at English as a second language because that's the only language that we speak, but we are not supposed to speak English. Like our body was not designed to speak English. So we know we should know other languages and we should understand that English will not be perfect because it is not our first language. That's not what we're supposed to speak. And I don't really think that people think about it like that. They think, okay, I grew up here. That's what I learned. So that's what that's my first language. That's what I, that's my speaking language. Like, no, bro. You just never you never got taught your actual language. Like nobody taught you what how you're supposed to speak. Somebody just taught you a different language. So now you feel like, okay, yeah, this is my language. It's like, no. You should be using a lot of more those strong, strong words, strong uh, uh sounds. Um and then last thing about this, Joe Rogan talks about this before too. Joe Rogan will say, um, I'm telling you, something is anyway. Joe Rogan will say that words are just sounds and this is when he was being slightly racist this is when he was being a little racist he was saying that words shouldn't offend anybody because they're just sounds that we make and then he used the n-word to to justify why it's just a sound and i was just like that's kind of racist bro like that was a little racist that was a little tiny racist um he was like yeah man look i don't like saying the word really like that i mean that's not true yeah but that's what he was saying um but the reason i bring that up is because if you go back to caveman days i would assume that our words were very rough how we communicate was a lot of grunts to each other so to go from that to now try and speak with our tongue maybe that's why they say that the tongues of the devil the devil's tongue because moving your tongue around to speak is wrong yeah, I'm saying I'm going with that. I think moving your tongue around too much is not how native African speakers speak. So if you were speaking in uh, patois, what's something you say in patois, Melissa? With like a patois phrase, wagwan. Like look, look at this. I could say wagwan when I move my tongue, right? But I start I start saying things like the. I gotta put my tongue between my teeth. Why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? So what's the, what's the word y'all would say in, in patois? Some, what's a word with an S. Scripps. What? Scripps. 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 What is that? Scrub? Scripps. Scripps. That's a sign. Well, maybe I don't know if that counts because it's a sound that you want to hear when you wash. Yeah, I don't know if that counts. What other? What other? What, uh, I don't know. Sorrow. Okay, sorrow. Sorrow. What about any THs y'all got? Uh, we don't say the letter H. Mm-hmm. We just say that the H. It just don't exist. 
like in, like in, like in the Spanish, they don't say H. It's hospital. So why we got H is a devil letter? That's what it is. It's from the devil, created that letter. That's what I'm saying. A TH has an H in it. It's from the devil. I'm gonna find all the devil words. There's a lot of them, probably. I'm gonna look it up. Who created the H? They probably a racist. Why H is the most contentious letter in the alphabet? <laughs> that is not the. That's the article title from the Guardian. No letter has had such power to divide people into opposing camps. I told y'all it's a devil letter. You thought it was plain. I just I'm, listen. I just found it right now. Okay. In Britain, H owes its name to the Normans who brought their letter Hachi with them in 1066. Hachi is the source of our word hatchet. Probably because a lowercase h looks a lot like an axe. See, I'm telling you, listen, okay, look at this. This is crazy. So, a century ago, people dropping their h's were described in the Times as, as h-less socialists. In ancient Rome, they were snooty, not about people who dropped their h's, but about those who picked up extra ones. I don't know what that means. There was a guy named Harius who littered his sentences with h's because he wanted to sound more Greek. It says, perhaps the letter h was doomed from the start, given that the sound we associate with h is so slight, a little out of breath. There's been debate since at least AD 500 whether it was a true letter or not. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's probably a lot of h uh devil words out devil letters out there let y'all figure it out i'm telling you look it up there's so much going on you don't even there's so much happening around people that they don't even know what's going on like here's another theory i talk about too it's not really a topic but i just want to bring this up you can be made to value things that don't actually have value don't help you right and you could be lied to your whole entire life and told that one thing is true when it's actually not and i don't think people think about how many um situations that happens in and i'll give some examples of things that i feel like i've seen where that happens one example let's just go with the food industry i watched a documentary about cereal right and breakfast foods and in that documentary they said that oats is not a it's not good for breakfast like you shouldn't have cereal for breakfast right now if i asked you when would you have cereal? You would always say for breakfast. Like you are not trying to have cereal later in the day. But the only reason why people have breakfast in the morning or cereal in the morning is because it was a marketing ploy to get people to eat more cereal. That is literally it. So here's why I bring this up. Because think about how small that starts. You have two guys who say, listen, bro, I want to sell more oats. Let's make something called a cereal, right? They go, okay, boom. They figure out how to grow this huge company to make people eat cereal in 1915, right? Let's just say. So from 1915 to 2022, how many people do you think will probably say that cereal is a good breakfast food or it's something that they probably eat when they were kids or they give their kids breakfast? You will probably hear that everywhere. It's probably in the news. It's probably in your books. It's probably on TV. Your friends say it. But that all stemmed from something that was not true. And think about how crazy that is. It's become part of your daily life. You don't think about it. It's something that just happens, right? So an example of another example would be speech. I don't know why certain words are the way they are. What if we found out that, what if we found out that Certain words were created in, I don't know, 100 BC to make you more submissive, right? Wouldn't that be crazy? Like, you would have no idea. So, you may be out here trying to figure out, let's say, more lazy. Think about how crazy that would be. Imagine if somebody said, listen, I realized that the more time somebody uses the letter H, they become lazier because they keep going. Huh, huh, huh. So, we're going to create a language that has a bunch of H's in it right now you would never know that but every day you'd wake up and you would be tired and you would not have no idea why you like, all i want to do is go to work and you kept saying h you kept saying hospital you kept saying i have to go to work i had to go to the hospital a lot of h's a lot of h's now again the reason i bring this up is because i think it's just a funny thing there's gonna come a time right and i don't know like 15 years or so maybe 25 years where 
kids are going to look at going to school like, oh, we had to go to school as being weird. Like, why do we have to go into class? Like, that's dangerous. People could get killed on the way to school. Like, people have germs at school. Why would I leave my house to go to school? And they're, if they are thinking like that, they are only going to make their kids think the same thing. The kids are going to be like, wait, you want me to leave my room to go to the kitchen? What if I trip and fall and hurt myself? Nah, can you just bring it in here? I'm going to just stay on my, my virtual reality game, and I'm going to just chill out in here. I don't want to get hurt. And I'm just saying, it's terms of the progression of the small totalitarian or the small tiptoes to some type of uh what word am i looking for um conclusion i'll use a conclusion we don't see how many little steps there are to get to that that final destination i just think it's crazy again like i said with the h's with the the the, the languages with uh let's go with this virtual reality thing with food like i said food's the biggest one because we'll be we've been told that food is good for us for the longest time food and self everything but that's the podcast not about that this is something i was thinking about okay so there's two things i want to talk about well, three it probably won't be that long maybe i'll bring it up next week on the podcast too um so this is somewhat metaverse related this might be a short one too as i was using the exp uh reality world thing right it dawned on me in in there that i don't have to be black right and that never occurred to me I, that never crossed my mind. But you know when it crossed my mind? When I sat down with somebody and they had like a strange tone. And I was just like, oh shit, I'm black. I'm like, he sees my character or my avatar as a black person. I'm like, if I made my avatar white, I wonder if I would get treated differently in this virtual world. And I thought how crazy that would be. Because think about it. I'm playing the video game, right? And I see a white character. I'm going to think that person is white. Unless they make the character look like some zombie. I'm going to think, oh, this is a white person that got blonde hair, blue eyes. So now I was thinking about it. I didn't do it. I might. But I'm like, if I go in and change my character to a white person, I wonder, well, I might do that now. I think I'm absolutely going to make my character white. And I'm going to start walking around and seeing if anybody's like, hey, can you need any help, sir? Do you need anything with you? I want to see if I get any type of different responses from the brokers and everybody else. That would be so crazy. Um, but I bring that up because you think about the, the metaverse. And you also think about race. The same way that I can go in the metaverse and be black. And somebody could be like, you know what? We're going to help you last. It They can make up things in there that make you feel the same way race makes you feel in the real world. Isn't that crazy? Like you can go in the metaverse and they can say, oh, well, we can tell by your sneakers. You didn't buy the new sneakers. You know, you have the black people sneakers. So obviously we know you're black by the way that you dressed your avatar, even if they are the Incredible Hulk or Superman. We know you're a black person. And I'm just thinking, because race race is as arbitrary in the real world as it is in the virtual game. And that was the craziest thing to me because we made black versus white a real thing. And when reality is literally the same thing as an avatar. It's the same. It has no bearing on anything. You decided, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, your, your avatar is black. I'm going to treat you different because your avatar is black. The avatar, don't, it don't make the avatar no different, no other avatar. And I just, I, it was just mind-blowing. I was sitting there like, oh, wow, this guy, am I, for all I know, he, he, he could have been black. He was probably white, though. He, I don't think he was black, but he could have been. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. My avatar is going to be white. Next time I go into it, I'm going to change my avatar to be a white guy. I'm going to have a suit and tie. I'm going to have uh, a slick back hair. I might even carry around a noose with me, too. Just so I can be like, oh, my God, he's really white. Maybe I have a Ku Klux Klan hat. Um, so I can really, you know, show out. Um, and then this is something I talked about in the podcast before, too, about money being a product. I might have brought this up slightly, but I also thought about this again recently, where... People don't think about money as a product. Like you can buy it and sell money as if it was anything else. And the reason I was thinking about this was because if you think about the entire world, nothing is marketed more than money is. Like money has the biggest marketing campaign we have ever seen in the entire world ever 
for any if you want to do anything you need money for it you need dollar bills for whatever you call your money you need money and then technically it's all backed by the u.s dollar anyways so think about how crazy that is you got music Doing free market talking about yo, I just spent a million dollars on this Bugatti. You have music talking about bro, if I had money, I could get girls. Yeah, music talking about I'm a black girl, so I have money and I'm independent. You have music doing all of these different things, right? Everybody is talking about how much money they want to get, but somebody is getting paid off of every time that you talk about getting money. If you talk about getting money, and I go, oh, I want to go get some money. The money is is okay. This is a small people who don't know this. You can look it up. It's called fractional reserve. I think it's called fractional fractional lending. I'm thinking maybe it's called. I forgot the exact term. I think it's called fractional reserve lending. Something along those lines. But either way, yeah, it's probably. Um, we'll we'll see what if paraphrasing. But whenever the Federal Reserve lends money out, they lend it out with debt attached to it, right? So think about how crazy that is. I will snap my fingers right now and make a dollar up here and I will give you a dollar, right? And I will tell you that you have to pay me back a dollar twenty-five. So if you multiply that and scale it up to a, the size of a country, think about how crazy that is. I'm putting money in circulation and asking back for money that does not exist. Because if I put a dollar in to, let's say, let's say you have a bowl, you have a, a fish bowl, right? If I take one dollar, and put it into a fishbowl. And I tell Melissa, hey babe, can you go in the fishbowl and give me a dollar twenty-five out? You will never get the dollar twenty-five out the fishbowl because there's only a dollar in there. So how can you magically make money appear and then give it to somebody and tell them to pay you back more than the money that you gave them in the first place? It don't exist, right? So you know what that means though, right? You are buying back. The money that they gave you. So what they'll do is, in a situation like this, they may not, you may not have the money to get that back. But if I say, okay, you know what, babe? You don't have a dollar twenty-five. Mind, just think about think, this is crazy. I have a fishbowl. Put a dollar in there. I say, babe, can give me a dollar twenty-five out the fishbowl? She said, I can't do it. I go, okay, fine. You can't do it. Well, instead of getting me a dollar twenty-five out the fishbowl, can you just work for me instead? Can you just uh, clean the TV for me? To get that money back. And it's like, uh, sure, I could do that. So instead of actually just, instead of actually paying me back with the money that I gave her that doesn't exist, and she could never get it, she could never get the money because it doesn't there's not enough money to give back. It's impossible. So now I have to trade it for something else like labor. So I go, okay, I made some free money, imaginary money. And now I'm going to make you work for it because I know you can't pay it off, which is craziness, right? The reason I say that is because it's like this. Technically, technically, it's getting deep. It's getting deep. It's getting deep again. I was going to say that the money is a product. So Melissa is technically buying the dollar from the other person, right? But she's buying it with her actual work. She's not buying it with money. So she has to work for that money as if it was an iPhone. Listen, I don't want to get too deep. Y'all, yeah, listen. Look, y'all should watch Zeitgeist. It's, um, there's three of them. Watch that. The shit's crazy. I watched this when I was probably like 18. Blew my mind for the rest of my life. I could never, my brain could never fathom how somebody could t invent this. And we just go, yeah, okay, let's, let's do that. Let's go with that one. So, and then for the next week, I want to talk about men and their feelings. Um, and what I mean by that is, I've seen a common trend among guys that we really don't be caring about stuff. And I, after a conversation with Melissa recently, I don't know if that's good or bad. And I'm not going to go into it too much, but I had asked Melissa, I was talking to her and I said, hey, I don't think women understand that guys don't have that intense feeling about things we don't really care about much of stuff we just kind of want to just do what we're doing and then i was just thinking to, I, I was saying that i think women care about a lot more things so let's say talking about arbitrary again applesauce okay a guy will say i don't care what applesauce we get the girl will go but we have to pick one of the two applesauces because 
you know, if you don't get this one, then the other one, not, you're not going to taste good. And the guys go, I don't care. I don't care about the applesauce. I don't, I don't care. Right. And it just made me think. Why don't guys care about a lot of things? And I came up with one idea and I think it's two or well, two ideas. I think one, it has men have been kind of abused so much that little things affect like things don't affect them. They're they're small, right? They don't have nothing to like we've been told we gotta do this thing, we gotta support this and be that and whatever. So we have the weight of that on us. So when it comes to little tiny decisions, we're like, we don't really care because we have other things as men that we have to worry about according to society. Um, and then I also thought about a concerted effort from people to make men not care about anything. Because if men had that kind of intense emotion, we would be running rampant, you know, fighting stuff, you know, doing crazy things all the time because that would be our like our rage. But we have been told to kind of keep that in. And I just wonder if that was done on purpose. So that was something I was thinking about. So guys, we will be back here next Tuesday. You can find all of our behind the scenes content on our social medias. Mine is Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. You know what it is, hashtag Bamboo Pipe 2021. We going up all year, you know the vibes? We got two weeks left. Okay, guys, with that being said, Bamboo Project out.